What is up, Fazed and friends? It is Mr. Buffy here with you. Guess what? Episode 5, we made it. Uh, shocking, I know, but as always, I'm here with my best friend in the whole wide world, Mr. Spronk. Episode How are you five. doing? Good, man. This is four more episodes than I thought. And actually, what I do after every episode is I go to my my bed on the headboard and I notch in a line for an episode. And I can't believe that I have to make a notch through the five. It's crazy. Five episodes. Five episodes. And guess what? I, I we, We're not going to forget about him. Mr. White, of course, he's here. White, how are you doing? Uh, you got to figure out a label for me, man. Like, I, okay, if I'm not your best friend, fine. But at least define what type of friend I am. I don't believe in labels. Well, no, you clearly do, because you label Mr. Spronk your best friend every episode. White. Right. That's truth. White. All of Buffy's friends are here right at this moment. Why do you have to make this awkward? Like, Just let him have it. Oh, that's actually true. Jeez, let him have guys. it. Anyways, guys, I haven't seen you in a week. Um, what's up? How's it going? What's new? Oh, the weather. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, good call. I've been uh, I've been walking lots. I've been keeping through with my prison fit. Like I said, I've been taking uh, lots of walks with my dog late at night so I can let him go off leash. Don't tell the bylaw. Uh, the coyotes, man, the coyotes out there. Yeah, you gotta watch out for the coyotes. Crazy last night. I know. I'm not worried about coyotes. Maybe my dog, but other than that, yeah, I got uh, still plenty of time with my kids. Which how is, many uh, uh, how many calories are you burning on these uh, walks of yours? You uh, I don't know. Don't know, but I, I have lost some weight. You'll be happy to say I don't eat as much. And then I don't come in. When I wasn't going for a walk, I'd sit in front of the TV and crush a bag of chips. And now I'll have like uh, a ramen noodles or some food or something. <laughs> That's your healthy choice. Like hey, ramen noodles is not the unhealthiest yeah. thing. It's I mean, a, MSG it's is through the roof. Yeah, it's, it's 300% like of your daily intake of sodium. But I just, I just want to talk. I just um, want to point out it's pretty easy to lose weight when you don't have to carry a ton of things in your cargo pockets, hey? So you got a, you got rid of the things in your cargo pockets. It's weird how your weight fluctuates. I uh, I was doing pretty good not eating garbage, uh, but I follow Taco Bell Canada on Twitter, and they tweeted out uh, a new menu item. And you will not find a bigger fan, although Spronk might argue here, you will not find a bigger fan of Taco Bell than myself. Um. But they, they sent out an ad for the, the triple lupa, which is uh, the chalupa, but it's three chalupas melded together. And I had to go get one. So I went to the Taco Bell drive-thru yesterday and yeah. got a three-in-one triple have lupa, you, they're called. Have you ever wondered how they, like, meld the chalupa, like, taco portion together? Like, food doesn't come together like that. You know that, right? Jeez, bro. No, no, no. This this was all one shell. Look, I'm showing I'm showing you guys on the on the video camera right now. I'm showing you. Can you see the diagram? Tear here, then and, here. Yep. Oh my god. So it's three it's three chalupas, which is like a deep fried taco shell. Yeah. And they come so, connected and it's like you they're there uh, I I want to I was a little bit disappointed by them, I'm not going to lie. Don't don't you always think like I I'm a big fan of Taco Bell too, but don't you always leave like ah. Just yeah. a little disappointed. Unless, yeah, you, like, unless you get free refills on Baja Blast, then I leave a little bit like, ah, oh, that's okay. Eh. I'll tell you one thing. If you're uh, if you're looking to get a lot of calories per dollar, it's your destination. Well, that's your destination, eh? Meanwhile, I'm I'm over here doing 
25 kilometer bike rides every day. So, and not, not eating Taco Bell. <laughs> Me and White were in San Diego together with the basketball over uh, the Christmas break. And we discussed. Wow, you it. had to bring that up, hey? Thanks. So, we discussed this in great detail about the, uh, the dollar per calories. And in the US, Taco Bell, nothing, I don't think anything even comes close. Yeah. No, you can spend five dollars and feel physically ill we, with the amount did. of food you eat. Oh, we when White and six dollars. When White and I went to uh, Portland, that's what we did. We went on this amazing. It turned out to be like a thirteen k hike. Tons of glorious waterfalls. That's beside the point. But after, as we're leaving the park, there's a Taco Bell, and we we got there pretty early in the morning, so it was around lunchtime when we finished, and we were famished. So we we went to the Bell. And uh, let me tell you, White, this is the first time I've ever seen it. White has never finished his order at Taco Bell. That was the first time he got too much food at Taco Bell, actually, for a yeah, low, low price of like 10 Canadian dollars. It was disturbingly low. But. Yeah, I went a little, you know, I was hungry. My eyes were a bit bigger. And I kind of like, you know, when you exercise, your stomach feels kind of funny. It was just a terrible choice all around. Uh, but Wait, but the on, value and, oh, my gosh. It was delicious, I love uh, but I did feel ill, and I think yeah. I complained. You lived moss the whole that way back day. <laughs> I love the the comments. You know when you exercise and your tummy feels, tummy feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah, ever that, had that. I didn't Wait. say tummy. Like you're Wait, talking about when you do core, right? That's <laughs> exercise. That's, that's your yeah. muscles. Yeah, <laughs> That's your hurting. muscles doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I'd like to just amend. I did not say tummy. I'm not saying. Are you sure? You'll have to go back and. Check. Yeah, he, he said, check. you're able to edit this out guys if he didn't say tummy it's because white went yeah. back and just edited it out yeah send it us an email fazette and friends yeah nobody's sending any emails probably. we gotta plug yeah, it more but that's a that's true. another story let's get yeah. into uh the fourth person that's sitting beside us here um huge special guest today mr kupri what is up I'm doing well. I hope by huge guests you're not referring to my waistline. I've been actually doing a lot of athletics here over the course of the last little bit. So um, I just thanks for, for having me. I think uh, it's kind of cool that you're kind of reaching out, maybe targeting a little bit of a different demographic than the, the usual phys ed and friends with, uh, with us here. But yeah, no, happy to be here. Awesome. No, yeah, super pumped to have you on. I, I, we're get, I think we got a couple of good questions we're going to throw your way, but before we get into that, uh, I haven't seen all of you in a while. Kupri, I haven't seen you. The only time I see you, Kupri, is through uh, a little Google Meet uh, video on Thursdays. That's but right. how's everyone doing? Good. Yeah, my, my stuff's good. I was telling uh, the, everybody that my family is here and we're all healthy and healthy and uh, trying hard not to get in each other's way and, uh, and try not to kill each other once in a while. So, White, you have nothing to add. Spronk, you have nothing to add. This is the... Right. So hold on, White, White. Just stop this. Make a note here. Your breathing is super. Yeah, your your yeah your breathing's. Sorry, guys. I drank uh, I drank an energy drink this morning. <laughs> the caffeine effects of just forces you to become a, my breathing forces you to become a dragon. Uh, Spock, are you just sitting there watching my volume bar, just like watching? No, I, it no, I could hear down. it. I could, you could oh, wow. hear it quite loudly. Ask Cooper. Well, our listeners, like, I'm going to edit all my breathing out now. I'm very self conscious, so. I just because I've been called hear that in the final edit. Because I've been called out on it. I just want to make sure people know that it's you, maybe, and not me. Maybe it's not me. 
Uh, well, as somebody who looks at each audio track for each person, I can confirm yeah. that it is often you. Okay. You but uh, I'm guilty at times as well. But um. <laughs> All right. Other than that, everyone's doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Doing oh, yeah. good. Well, that's yeah. nice. I watched the next getting two out, episodes. Walking my dog at some local creeks. I've been doing. I've been doing six miles a day, guys. Five, five miles. Ah, jog, little jog, half, half walk. Prison fit, man, just like Coopery. Treating <laughs> us like prison. No, but the, the, the big difference between you and Coopery is Coopery actually does the running. You, you just drive in your car. No, no, this is the River Valley running, man. This is the bridges pass. Oh, those bridges. <laughs> Watch out for those bridges. They'll get you. About once a week, I've been actually making my kids get up and walk to school and back because they were only about uh, uh, a kilometer away, which either makes me like the best dad in the world or the worst dad. I'm not sure which. Hey, one day you'll make it back here. (laughs) Consistency is key during this this quarantine. I almost said lockout. See, just like prison. Like the NHL lockout? Yeah. Which is, you know, I remember, I thought we had it bad during the NHL lockout. Now we have the entire sports lockout. Yeah. Significantly worse. I'm so desperate for live sports. I, like, I watched. I, uh, I was watching Rocket League the other day live. I watched a uh, underwater torpedo league that the Marines created to uh, help them, one, breathe underwater more efficiently, and two, be more controlled and less fearful of being underwater for a long period of time. Uh, it was fantastic to watch. So, you know, those little weighted torpedoes that you play with in the pool, they created a league like that and they put nets in the bottom of the water and that's what they do. It was awesome. But that's my sporting. <laughs> How do you film that? Uh, we have underwater cameras, you know, Apple makes a iPhone that's underwater. I'm not sure about Samsung's. I know they're a little behind the, uh, the eight ball with technology. Um, but yeah, uh, w- there's underwater well, cameras. Watch out, pros. We have a computer science teacher here, so you <laughs> might get lit up. Yes, I am definitely on the Android camp. I was listening to you guys. I was one about your nine listeners from your uh, podcast about two weeks ago when you're talking about uh, Android versus Apple. So definitely on the Android camp. Hey, you- I, I was, I was telling these two, I jumped on the Android camp as well. I, I have a Samsung fridge. That's not even remotely the same thing. Android. Well, I, think... I open the door and it tells me that I have no food. Does it actually? Well, no. yeah. I, like I, my eyes see that I have no food, and I tell myself I have no food. The fact you... that we're comparing operating systems to refrigerators right now is a little bit embarrassing. But if you had an Apple fridge, it would uh, update and then not stay cool anymore, and you'd have to buy a new one. It would actually, yeah, it would slow down. It yeah. would actually slowly, yeah, it would slowly become less and less cold <laughs> until you're forced to buy a new fridge. Just it would sabotage itself a until a you year. need to get the new fridge, the new model. But That's the advertising cool. will still make it seem cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll bring out a new shade of space gray. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to our big interview of the day with Mr. Kupri. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the um, it was kind of cool actually. I was noticing you guys, uh, um, you called it phys ed and friends of the PH. So I was just wondering if uh, you considered using the GH like at the end of laugh. Then it'd be phys ed and grens or something like that. <laughs> That's you're uh, you're overestimating our intellect here. Yeah. yeah, and our ability to plan anything. We kind of yeah. just 
<laughs> fair point. Fair point. Really, really, how it all stemmed was uh, White typed it out, and he—that's the original way he spelt it. And we didn't want to like feel bad, so. Actually, I I'm gonna take credit for the ph on Friends, and it's like fat, like you know you're fat in a good way, not like your phat. Like that was yeah. a, that was actually a huge creative uh, the discussion at the beginning of this podcast. Do we include the ph? Yeah, yeah. It makes it more scientific, I think. We're just standing on adding a z on the end. <laughs> it also helps us avoid the inevitable copyright issues when the actual Fazette and Friends podcast comes and tries to uh, get us shut down. I don't think there is an actual Fazette and Friends podcast. I wonder if there's well, a there I is. wonder if, safe. I wonder if there's a Gmail account out there called pe.friends with an f that's getting all the emails that we're not getting. Yeah. For a mailbag. <laughs> we had two emails last week. <laughs> oh no. Oh, well. I actually listened to that podcast because it was only 11 minutes long as opposed to your one with uh, Mr. Young last week, which was about six years. Yeah, we got a little bit of feedback. We had some feedback for it. But if you look at our analytics, the listening time is about an hour and seven minutes. So people are still listening to the full thing. They just don't want to listen for 60 minutes. Nice. Well, the first 15 minutes, analytics, I thought it was Buffy fantastic. means that he just asks around. That's his analytics. He just asks yeah. people about it. I, I go on Reddit forums and ask randoms. <laughs> All right. Well, I believe we actually we okay. I promise we do actually have some questions for you here, Mr. Cooper. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, okay. Mine. My, my. My. I'm going to lead off with a, a big two part question. The first one's really quick, but the second part can you can dabble into. But how long have you been at Scona? And with that. Uh, Everyone knows you're a computer science teacher. You, you dabble deep, deep, deep into the CTS. Um, how's that going online for you? Uh, well, it's going well. I mean, we I've been at Skona for five years. This, I think is my fifth year. So, um, you know, we started small and built up uh, a fair bit. So we're now we have 10 sections of computing science this year. And so what makes it a little bit different is I do all the 20s and 30s. So that's pretty solid. I have a pretty good... Um, idea of what I'm going to do and I'm largely treating them similar to what I currently do just scaled back so I'm still doing some lessons um, um, online uh, or on uh, mostly on recorded uh, YouTube videos and uh, uh, students can uh, work uh, uh, with them when they can um, some of my classes are doing big project work so that are they're continuing that and, and kind of uh, mixing back and forth with our tens because we have three teachers uh, so miss hackman is teaching this year and mr DeBoer. Uh, it's a little bit different my class was at uh, is a full year class the other two classes are were second semester so they're a little bit different pace and so again they're doing a little bit more direct teaching online but it seems to be going pretty well so far nice nice that's that's good to hear so no real crazy uh setbacks or anything which is good it seems like a lot of our students are kind of on board with how everything's rolling out and the the big thing i guess would be that there's so many different ways to go about this right like you you might run it very differently from my cts class or um, other people's CTS class, but I think uh, talking with kids, I think they actually don't mind that. They they kind of enjoy some some different routines from different teachers as long as it's presented in in a good manner. So it sounds like you're kind of driving that. 
Yeah, sounds good. And we, I've been trying to get lots of feedback from kids about their work level and things and trying to be really flexible too on, on timelines and, and let students know that this is what I think you can get done. But if you can't, let's figure out why, if it's a, if it's a technical issue, if it's a, I can't get a, you know time on computers at home issue, or if it's a laziness issue, we deal with those three things very differently, right? All right. Uh, so I my question, and this is actually something I, I have... I've, I've really wanted to ask for a while. Um, I, I want to ask about robotics club because to me it's it's really interesting because I'm I'm often hanging around after school and I walk around in the halls and I always see kids they they've got their robots driving around the halls uh, they're in there tinkering away I'm just wondering what 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 goes on in robotics club like what what do you guys do uh, what does it look like in there. Well, it's a good question. We're actually evolving it a little bit um, over, the, over the course of next year, but I'll sort of tell you how it has worked and how it's changing a little bit. So we largely have, are kind of driven up till now by some competition. So there is a particular um, competition that has several different tournaments for. So by that, I mean, uh, there's a game that you build a robot for and then you could uh, uh enter many different tournaments and try to do really well in those tournaments. So, but it's essentially one robot that you, you work with all year. And it's worked quite well in the past. Um, however, with my uh, involvement in curling, coaching curling at the same time, those two seasons are exactly overlapped. And so I think there was a year, I think it was two years ago, where I was actually coaching 14 teams at one time. So it was getting a little bit uh, overwhelming. So I've decided that in, uh, next year we're going to do things a little bit differently in which we're going to kind of turn it more into uh, less about the competition, more about kind of the fun and the tinkering. And in fact, the majority of the robotics stuff we're going to do later in the school year, um, kind of around now, kind of the, the April, May, June. Um, and we're going to um, change it to invite, you know, maybe some grade 12s that have been accepted in engineering uh, the following year and haven't ever picked up a screwdriver before and kind of do some things like that where we can just have a little bit of fun. So another question I had, I was just wondering, and we're, me, Buffy, Spronk, we're all sports guys, um, and, and winning matters to us, obviously. Um, I was just wondering, like, when you have a robotics tournament, what does that look like? Uh, how do you win? What, what are the objectives? And because uh, I've been at school before when it's happening, and I, the kids are all out there, they're with the robots. I'm just wondering kind of what, what does the scoring look like and how do you win? So um, I said that every year there's a different game, and so every game has a, has a way to score, and some often there's different ways to get points. But every game you play at a tournament does have a particular number of points that you're trying to do, and the most points wins. But what's kind of cool about it is that you end up getting partnered with random robots or random schools throughout it. So it's always a two versus two game. So my robot will get teamed up with a totally random school robot and our two have to compete against two others. And then, and then the total points over the course of five or six games, each of which you have a completely different new random partner, your total points uh, uh, ranks you and then they do a playoff round in uh, um, the second half of the day. So it's kind of cool. So, so it's nothing like BattleBots. Nothing like BattleBots. Uh, BattleBots, we tend to wreck things, and uh, uh, Mr. Riard doesn't allow me to spend like I would need to the new BattleBots, unfortunately. I'm sure. Well, we'll be talking to him about that because. Yeah. Abe, uh, before Spronk jumps in here, I, I just, a quick thing. It, robotics, is that part of Skills Canada? Yes, it is. So we uh, off and on have done uh, uh, Skills Canada. Skills Canada only allows one team per school, um, and it fills up. Uh, the registration fills up in about twenty seconds. 
And I'm not exaggerating oh, wow. when I say that. So sometimes we've been able to get in, sometimes not. I actually tend to look at what the what the competition is. If it looks like it'd be interesting and different than the other ones we do, then I'm more uh, apt to try to get us involved in that. This year we did not go into it. Okay, you mentioned it earlier, Coop, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of students and these guys here obviously think you're just some sort of robotics nerd, but you've been involved with uh, Metro Athletics and athletics itself for a long time. Can you tell people what you do? Not only do you help out uh, our athletics, but you actually help out all of Metro and even the ASAA a bit, if you can talk about that. Yeah, I've, um, I've been involved. Uh, I mean, curling's the, the biggest thing. I've coached uh, uh, curling every year I've taught, which I think I was working out this morning to be 23 straight years of, of curling coaching. Um, and, um, you know, we've done, you know, pretty well as 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 a team um and then this past few years i've been kind of the as or the metro curling rep which just basically means whenever they have a rule um question i kind of am the the, the person they go to um and i've also been involved in kind of running some or uh, some of the major events like we've uh, we've hosted the uh, the Briar a couple times in the World Curling Championships, and I've been involved in some of the committee work with that. Um, sometimes just as a regular volunteer, but other times coordinating some big projects and things like that. So one year we did a, um, uh, a learn to curl program with grade sixes, and we ended up bringing over 8,000 students to, the, to watch the Briar one year. I think that was in 2005, a long time ago now, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Do, do our students get a chance to, uh, if you do the Briar, was there a chance for volunteering for that? or? For sorry, for students volunteering? Yeah. Yeah, they usually if you're involved in the briar, you have to be able to commit to like the entire nine days, including during the day. So it uh, um, it probably doesn't you work out for, for individual students. Oh, okay. Well cool, I'm not just a robotics nerd. Yeah, well I've been coached other things too, but that's the biggest thing with the curling. I actually coached uh, track there, Buffy, for a little while. I didn't I had no idea what I was doing, but uh, I I, uh, I was involved in that even for a little bit. So you mentioned that during isolation you've been getting into some some athletics, some sports. Did I miss? Oh, that? I'm just I'm just trying to keep myself busy, doing some biking, doing a little bit of lots of walking with the kids and things like that. I'm an old man now, right? My knees can't take very much. So. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, uh, just going back to robotics again and, and talking about that for, for a lot of maybe our listeners who, what, what's the future of robotics from like grade 10, 11 and 12. So I'm graduating Strathcona this year and I really want to pursue robotics. What's, what's my outlet? Where do I go? Is there special universities or colleges or do I kind of just go down a path or do you have to be like this uber smart person that that's the only people that kind of get accepted into this or yeah it's interesting you don't ever go into a robotics program at college or university you tend to have some sort of either computer science or engineering or related field that you just choose to specialize in in more of the the hardware stuff i mean there's area of uh um, of Nate called mechatronics. And mechatronics actually means the combination of robotics and uh, manufacturing. And so you can actually kind of specialize in being able to, to build and program um, like assembly lines and things like that. And, and, you know, there's lots of different ways, but you tend to, you can tend to specialize once you're into a more general program. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And of course, AI is a big thing too, right? And so AI and robotics often go hand in hand too. So. Do you think yeah. robotics could ever make a, a, a good eSport? Like, do you think that this is something that we could turn into a sport that we could watch on TV? 
because that's <laughs> well the, the battle bots is always the way to go because it's fun and exciting and there's lots of fire and, and just and destruction right so it's had its times had a couple of years of, of success and who knows maybe it'll come back it's a good social distancing sport actually you gotta bring you that go. back yeah, i don't think robots can catch covid 19. no we don't know that yet don't don't just throw out theories like that you're not <laughs> sorry sorry i don't mean to spread misinformation on the podcast yeah. I apologize. as long as we just feed it bleach beforehand we'll be okay <laughs> yeah don't do that don't drink bleach if there's any of our listeners who are considering drinking bleach don't do it <laughs> i feel like that's common sense but okay <laughs> well so i think we all did and then people started doing it so we have we cater to canadian kids not americans i think yeah we yeah should be good Hey, speaking of Canadian kids, I have actually have a phys ed question for you guys. So who do you think is the most important uh, Canadian athlete right now? Right now? Yes. Oh. Like at this very moment? Yep. During the quarantine? Or or moving forward, but... A single person? Yes. That's a crazy question. I well, I I love, and this is I'm not gonna like this isn't really answering your question, but just if we're talking about Canadians and and important Canadians right now, I am loving the infusion of Canadians into the NBA right now. Um, there's been a huge movement, and I think our country has really started to embrace uh, basketball a lot more. And you're seeing that with with the direct there's direct evidence of that with the NBA as more and more and more Canadians are in the league every single year. And to me, that just shows that uh, we're taking basketball more and more seriously. And as somebody who coaches that, I think that's awesome. So I look at players like like uh, Jamal Murray, Andrew Wiggins, things like that. Uh, players that uh, – really good players that are becoming more mainstream in the NBA. I think that's really important uh, for us as, as, as we try and uh, get some good athletes up here. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think uh... – I would name some Olympians, but news just came out today that uh, the Olympics will probably be canceled from what I'm hearing. Straight oh, yeah. up canceled that they can't get them by July, if, unless I heard wrong. Well, they, they've already they, – that was like news a month ago that they got pushed to 2021. Or, sorry, yeah, it was 2021. If they can't get it early enough, they're going to straight up canceling them. They're talking about it today. Imagine oh, so being, like even if they can't get them in 2021 – yeah, even early enough. I think they want to get it pretty early. Imagine being in Tokyo and spending that that amount of money to just cancel on you. But yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I agree with White. I really like uh, Jamal Murray. I don't think he's finished growing at all. Um, and he'll be a player. And Andrew Wiggins has made a bit of a bit of a splash lately too. So I I think the basketball in Canada has gotten. Yeah much better but i think the basketball in the nba too just the the individual talent has gotten it's it's reached a ceiling that very quickly that i didn't foresee coming so the um with the alfonso davies signing uh, in uh, that's think, where uh, i was gonna be, go especially when the world cup is coming to north america in whenever in about two times from now um they're already talking about him possibly being the, the best left defender in the world or at least in the mix for the best left defender in the world and he's played that position for all of six months so he's a, a pretty incredible yeah i i mentioned that last podcast uh it kind of got mumbled through but i, I was kind of leading that way is the the fact that how old he is uh the spotlight that he's put into especially down in europe and playing for byron and 
stuff like that, but embracing his Canadian heritage. And I think that that's what I would answer your question with uh, Kupri. Like he's a very big up and coming person, but even on a broader spectrum, I'm looking at a lot of currently a lot of younger athletes who are really taking on the moniker of being Canadian and really proud of it. And I think that goes to uh, answer White and Spronk's question as well um, with the kind of rising NBA stars and just any sport really, right? Even you just see how Connor McDavid is composed um, compared to you look back 10 years ago and young athletes, right? They didn't really know how to be a young athlete at the time, but I think a, a lot of these kids coming up are, are learning a lot and you even see it in our school too, where you have a lot of hockey players who are maybe going to play in high level hockey, but they're already educated on what it is to be a athlete or somewhat of a pro athlete at a level where you're in the spotlight all the time. Nice. Any votes for Andrescu? I believe I, I, I'm a huge Andrescu fan and yeah, shop of all of She's awesome, and she's got a really like a fun personality for it too. Kind of embraces the spotlight. Yeah, um, I've noticed Canadian athletes are a little bit more. They embrace being Canadian a little bit more. I remember there was a time I, I felt like a little bit when I was growing up, it was almost like Canadian athletes that were playing in the states almost didn't want to admit that they were Canadian in some ways. Uh, I think of a guy like Rick Fox on the Lakers. That guy, if he pretended he wasn't Canadian, pretty much like yeah. he didn't, he wanted no part of of, of being Canadian. Uh, but I'm, I'm noticing more and more that that people are uh, players are kind of embracing it a bit more in, in in other leagues. Well, and that's why I was a little shocked when you guys said Andrew Wiggins because in my my head, like Andrew Wiggins, he was one of the like he's he's been in the league for a long time now, and I think he's gradually starting to make a turn. But there, he he went under some. Uh, um, backlash when he said he wasn't going to play for Canada, right? And that was kind of that turn when it was just about the ending of that era where he was still wrapped into it of, I, I am a Canadian, but I don't like, I don't want to play for Canada. I'm not recognized as a Canadian, but he slowly turned his page on that. And I think the other Canadians in the NBA have helped it. But I remember when he said that there was a lot of backlash saying like, what, like, what are you doing, man? You're Canada's only hope right now in the NBA and you're turning on Canada, but. Yeah, I mean, that, you you see that a lot though. Like even even the United States a couple of years ago, they couldn't even get all their pl- best players to play. Like players just, they're, well, yeah. the international competition is not as they're not hopping on it as much. Players in general, no. I think uh, the business side of it takes over that. Like Steve Nash wasn't allowed to play for a while there when he was on the was it the Mavs. Is the, uh, with the, the Suns, I believe, and you can kind of understand because that's and that's why hockey's not in the Olympics, right? Because these owners, if these players get injured, they get no compensation, yeah, yeah, and they can't even they can't even advertise it or put it on the screens because the the Olympic Committee owns all the rights for it. And the Olympic Committee is we could do a whole podcast how dirty how dirty the the Olympic Committee has been and how how dirty the Olympics are. It's all about money. It's always money. Yeah, that's the sad sadness behind it. But anyways, uh, Kupri, it was a pleasure having you. Um, thanks for yeah, the thanks for awesome uh, answers. And I do have one more question that we're going to ask. And it's uh, since you, you've dabbled in ASWM Metro. And if you were to go back any point in time, it can be, however, what is one big sporting event you would want to go back and watch? 
Sorry, but the history of, uh, of sports? The history of sports. You can go back to the very first Olympics if you wanted to. You can go up to yesterday. Like, what? what is one thing that you would like to sit back in your life and say, like, you know what, that was pretty cool to see? And Well, that's a good question. I know what I would want to do moving forward. Like, if I won one of those, you know, go anywhere contests, I think I'd choose uh, Wimbledon, actually, as, as an event I'd like to see. But I don't know if there's necessarily a particular one of those that I'd go back in history for. So it probably would be, you know, the the first Oilers win. Um that would have been the first cup win the first cup yeah the first cup win i think would have been would have been real special nice good answer good answer i like that it's a low-hanging fruit right that's an easy one i think yeah that's the the one to grab at well kupri it's been a pleasure thank you so much you're welcome good to be a part of his ed and grins (laughs) grins rebranding we're rebranding it's happening (laughs) all right thanks guys all right thank you Great having uh, Mr. Kupri on the podcast. Uh, honestly, huge, huge live look into robotics and uh, kind of CTS in general. What's going on? I never really knew that a, a lot about robotics, so that was kind of cool to find out. That that guy is such a beauty, man. As far as being a well-rounded uh, teacher and individual, Kupri is near the top, I think. So thanks, Coops. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize just how much, right? Like, used to dabble even coaching track and stuff like that, so... Yeah, huge, huge, huge dude. Um, awesome. Well, leading into uh, school. Uh, last week, we didn't too, talk too terribly much about school, but this week, uh, some big news coming through. The big one is Marks got released last night. So if you are listening to this and it is Thursday, that means your Marks should be up on School Zone. Uh, make sure to go check those out. Uh, it's kind of the first marks report with online, right? Yeah, I think uh, maybe important to note if, if you're super unhappy about your mark, I think with the the change, there's been a lot of change. Like they have to change some of the grades and the weighting of them. So if your marks like way lower than you think it is, make sure you go to your teacher before uh, being all angry and just saying, "Hey, I think this is wrong." Because the marks probably won't be changing too much this report yeah no just to, to go on that um with this we're, we're kind of changing the way that we're your final mark is going to be calculated in some ways so we they might change the weighting or the percentage of categories how much they count towards your final mark so you might see your mark go up or down a few percentage points with those shifts so it's really important just to if, if you don't understand why that happened Instead of getting frustrated or mad, just just reaching out to your teacher. Um, we're pretty reasonable and just asking about why that could have happened. Yeah, I agree. Really, be be clear about it with your teacher and uh, give a good good look at those marks reports. Because uh, sometimes, if you just look at the very top of the page and see that you have like a ninety nine, you just sit there all hunky dory. But really take a look at them because a lot of times is you could actually be missing assignments. Um, and sometimes that doesn't come up in the actual uh, grade setup, right? So you could be sitting there with a 99, but you could be missing five assignments. So in the long run, just make sure you you take a good deep look into your remarks report and have that good communication with your teacher because uh, don't don't instantly send a an email complaining and arguing over something that probably just be handled by a small chat or a small comment in Google Classroom. It'll get resolved pretty quickly. 
All right, jumping into the big segment of the day, it is White Hot Takes with Mr. White. Um, I think I think most people will have a, a reaction to this take. And, you know, I even had to really think about whether or not I was going to drop it on the podcast. Just that's how controversial it is. Um, and, and I expect from our 10 listeners, at least three of them to send scathing emails about this take. And you know what? I'm ready for that. But here it is. The white hot take of the week is that I think pizza is better without tomato sauce. Oh my goodness. This is bad. That's ridiculous. Can, hold up. Can I clear like you're saying like you Not, are substituting tomato sauce or yes, just like straight I am substituting plain tomato sauce with another type of sauce? Get this out. Is, like you're no, like you're not like generally you're, a white cream sauce. You're not making episode six. I'm sorry. It's now just Fizet and Friend. Look, if a pizza if I'm ordering a pizza and I have the option and it says tomato sauce, but I have an option for like Alfredo sauce, oh, I'm taking the Alfredo sauce every time. I go to Blaze Pizza, they have all of these sauce options. I'm taking the cream sauce every time. Every single time. You know Wait, what? Tomato another... can dominate the pizza more than is necessary. I got another hot take. I like I like applesauce, but I don't want any apples in it. That's that's what you just said. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. exactly it what you sense. just said. Pizza, as far as I know, lots of places claim to have invented pizza, including the Portuguese. But let's be honest, the Italians are the ones who have the... the, the claim to fame. Claim on the myth of pizza. But from what I've heard... It was whatever, Queen of Margarita, and it's always been tomato sauce. It's not pizza if it's not tomato sauce. So what is then, it? So I don't know. You tell me what it is. It's, 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 it's a flat delicious. bread. It's a flat bread. And you know what, White? If you, if you walk into Italy with this take, you'd probably actually get banned from the country. I bet you they make pizza with Alfredo sauce. I bet you they don't. I bet you they sit there and laugh at you in Italian – and tell you to leave. <laughs> All right. Well, send your, I am your sorry. Input. I am sorry. No, hold up. They can, they you would like, not only would they there laugh is... at you in Italian, but they would make fun of your pale, pale skin that you want to match the sauce on your flatbread. In Which what world? Because... What, how old were you when you thought this was a good idea to substitute the tomato very... sauce for Alfredo sauce? Do you want to know? Because I'll tell you. Because it was, I, it's simple. I was probably sitting in my kitchen as a child. Some pizza was ordered. It had white sauce on it. I ate it. I thought it was delicious, and okay, I've always a, preferred it since. So, as a child, what horrible pizza parlor did you get yeah. pizza from? Yeah. Look, almost every single pizza place in the city. Okay, actually, I can't. That's a little bit dramatic. I. Uh, no, you said it is, in the city. You said it. There is most pizza places will allow you to substitute a white sauce. Okay, look, I need our listeners to back me up here. Please send emails to uh, the, the Fazed and Friends email. Uh, the email's in the description. Please send emails and let let Spronk and Buffy know they're being unreasonable here. Just edit um, this whole section out. That was ridiculous. That was horrible. Moving on. Like, I, I honestly, like, I'm actually, I'm physically upset by this. The fact that the times that myself, Spronk, and you, we went for a amazing lunch to pizza hut buffet and now knowing this take of yours you sat there in the booth 
<laughs> eating pepperoni pizza with us. And in your heart of hearts, you knew you hated it. You sat uh, there and said, look at these two idiots eating a stupid pizza because it has tomato sauce on it. Little well, did we fairness. know. No, no, no. No fairness needed. You are, you probably enjoy the dessert pizza. Well, uh, you know cinnamon what? dessert pizza. That's, you know what? The, the dessert pizza, that's a whole other hot take. We can get into that later, but... But look, Let me guess, I'm not you saying I don't it. like. I like my take. Never said that I don't like pizza. Your in take, general. your take I just implies said it by if saying I had a it's choice. better. No, you didn't say choice. Your no, take I say is, it is better with better, white sauce, but which pizza means with you tomato like sauce it more. is still good. Ugh, this I this oh I wow wow I I'm I want to end this segment, but I just want to say that. The only there was only two good things about our lunch at Pizza Hut, the all you can eat Pizza Hut. The only one in the city. The first the first uh two minutes when it tasted okay, and then when we got the bill. Everything else is just extremely disappointing. I, I, I still like it. their breadsticks though. Their breadsticks are good. I don't I, Why? they're no it's no crazy bread, but come on. Anyways, like to think I was gonna tell you how much I enjoyed uh tropical house music but that take just it it sidelined me too much so yeah we gotta end this and on that note guys. once again reach out to us via email the email is in our link and you can also find it on instagram that's episode five we out Stay go-